welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Pretty good. I'm so hyped for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's no. like the worst all-star, whatever, like... Event. Yeah. I would rather watch Dirk Nowitzki in the three-point contest than I would the entire NFL Pro Bowl. I would rather watch the... NHL, or no, I would wa- rather watch the Major League Baseball All-Star Game than the Pro Bowl. I'm not saying something because baseball is boring. Yeah, good point. Uh, anyways, well, welcome to the Couch GM Podcast. We're talking about other sports on this podcast, as always, to start off the show. Uh, if you haven't already, please go follow us on Twitter, at NBA Couch GM Pod. We're up to like 31 followers now, so yeah. thank you for following us if you're listening uh you can also find us on apple po- apple podcast soundcloud spotify google play and stitcher and other major podcasting apps if you aren't already quick re- recap of episode 14 we talked about Kyrie's drama with his teammates quote-unquote friends uh <laughs> houston uh Transitioning from Capella injury to Kenneth Freed. And Freed kind of had a good game the other night. Looking pretty good so far. I mean, it, you're essentially doing Kenneth Freed's one job is dive to the basket. Dive and rebound. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's it. And he's really good at that. Um, we finally talked about the Milwaukee Bucks because we haven't done that a ton on this podcast. And then we talked about the Middle East, which wasn't so fun outside of the New... Uh, excuse me. I almost said New Jersey Nets. It's the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, Richard Jefferson. <laughs> J-Kid. Uh, and then we picked our games week. Matt had the Warriors and Celtics. He predicted Boston would win 119-115. And if you watch the game on Saturday, man... It was a game. That was such a good game. It was, I want that to be the final. I think that should be the finals. And, like, Gordon Hayward did not play well at all. And, like, so part of me is like, ah, oh, man, the Warriors ended up winning the game. But, like, that, it was just so fun the entire time. The fourth quarter was back and forth. I It was... Kyrie when, had some signature buckets there. It, it was, like, one of those game of the year yeah. type things. Yeah. Though, and, like you touched on, Matt... Uh, the Warriors won 115-111, to 111, which was a four-point spread like you predicted. I just had it going the wrong way. You just had it going the wrong way. I, I admitted last week it was a homer pick, so... <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Uh, my game of the week was the Rockets-Raptors uh, game. I predicted it would be 132-125. to 125. It ended up being uh, Rockets and the Raptors winning in that. I predicted wrong. The Rockets ended up winning 121 to the Raptors, 119. And the Raptors had a shot there at the end. Houston almost choked the last yeah. two minutes of that game away. They were up like eight. They'd given Danny Green wide-open looks <laughs> it was in the ridiculous. corner. Ridiculous. It, it was really bad. And then Kawhi just kind of had one of the worst last possessions. Yeah, it was really bad. He couldn't get any separation from that elite James Harden defense. <laughs> they didn't even call for a pick or anything. I uh, whatever that game was bad. R- Toronto deserved to lose that game. Um, anyway, talk to me about uh, what happened this week in NBA news. So news: All Star starters were announced on Thursday. In the East, uh, it's going to be Kyrie, Kimba, Giannis, Kawhi, and Embiid, which is something we touched on. Uh, that's what we thought it would be. It was that fifth slot with Kimba. Some maybe thought Ben Simmons. Kimba ended up getting the starting nod. Then in the West. Steph, Harden, LeBron, KD, and PG. So Anthony Davis got left off the starters. And Jokic. Like the and debate Jokic. the debate for the center spot was Jokic or AD. Yeah. And they ended up just 
put yeah. the three small forwards on it. Um, LeBron, Katie, and Paul George, which all completely deserving. AD. Uh, uh, I'm going to say it. LeBron doesn't deserve okay. to be a starter this year. He, I mean, he won't play, so someone else will start for him. So bunch of garbage. Anyway, um, the All-Star uniforms also got released. If you haven't seen them, um, we'll, we'll tweet out a picture. They're black and white, so it's a black jersey and a white logo for the West. White jersey black logo for the east so last year's it was black on black white on white so flip the logo colors this year jordan brand looks fine if you zoom in on the stars on the side they kind of have a honeycomb pattern to match the charlotte hornet since the game is in charlotte any any big takeaways on uniforms since i i think they're fine I don't think they're anything special. They, I feel like we talked about this just right before we started recording, and it felt like they've done this black and white thing for like the last several years, dating back to like 2015. There was like a year where they did like and like an all red uniform, I think, for the West. Yeah, and I think that was the Toronto year, because mm. um, like Canadian flag, like yeah. white and red. Um, but outside of that, yeah, it's been just basically like a black and white, <laughs> or black and gray, or something. Ah. Yeah. It's okay. I, I mean, I wish they would go over the top one year. Just to see what happened. I feel like yeah. that means the All-Star game has to be in an over-the-top location. Yeah, AKA I guess Charlotte. Not Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte's not exactly the spot to be going over the top for. No. It's kind of an interesting All-Star location. I feel like they're trying to mix it up, get everyone a, a look every now and again. But don't get me wrong, I would much prefer the game to be in, you know... Houston, Dallas, LA, yeah. New York, Boston. I'm kind of like sad that. that it's never going to be in Oklahoma City. Like, I've just accepted the fact I that. I mean, if Charlotte can get it one year, I'm sure Oklahoma City will get it one year in 2031 <laughs> or something like that. Uh, Russ is like last season, so it's just like a victory <laughs> lap for it's him. Farewell tour, something. Yeah, maybe. I would love for them to do it in like a non NBA location, aka Seattle. Ooh. Unless Seattle gets a franchise. Um, but I would. I would love something like that, too. I feel like I've always said this, but Kansas City would be a good NBA location. It it will be. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It will be. Uh, At some point. So, Other than that, moving on from All-Star Game, CP3 is hoping to make his return for Houston tonight. We're recording on Sunday um, for the Rockets. Thon Maker reportedly wants out of Milwaukee. The, The young big man doesn't feel like he's getting utilized properly and I understand that you got guys like Brooke Lopez in front of him and Thon's just not getting a lot of minutes so he wants out uh, I can tell you a few teams that are would probably be interested in a young big man that's just a project but we'll get into that maybe later Victor Oladipo and the saddest news uh, has a ruptured quad tendon in his right knee he's out for the year and we'll talk more about what this does for the Pacers here in a little bit Spencer Dinwiddie tore some ligaments in his right thumb. He'll be out 36 weeks. Um, This happened a lot earlier, but Carmelo, just because we didn't get a touch on it last time we recorded, um, gets traded to Chicago and then is waived. Um, So RIP there to Chicago is Carmelo Anthony dreams from five years ago. So my question is, is this like the saddest thing that's happened to like what used to be an all-star like... He's going to be an NBA Hall of Famer. Superstar. Like, I don't remember a player. Like, even Vince Carter has kind of done, like... Stuck around and... Been great. Like, people have signed him. 
Like, yeah. he's useful, but, and like, even Carmelo can't find a team right now. I don't think it's a talent problem. <laughs> I mean, Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good um, point. And then last bit of news. Uh, a couple days ago, Gorgie Jang of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns had a little bit of an altercation on the court. Minnesota's had a couple blow-ups here in the last few days now with Taj Gibson the other day. But um, this one happened in the Timberwolves Suns game. And uh, it, if you got to see it, like there's security guards holding both guys back as they're running to the tunnel to go, quote-unquote, exchange jerseys. <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know Devin Booker. I don't know Gorgie Jang, but... If I'm Devin Booker, I'm not looking to fight Gorgie J. <laughs> that dude's got like six inches and probably like 40 pounds on you. <laughs> and yeah, let's just leave it at that. So that was the NBA news for this week. It's kind of a little bit slower than most weeks. No a lot trade, of the games. No really big trade. Yeah. I mean, like, Carmelo gets traded, but yeah. whatever. No, just really a lot of good basketball was played this week rather than off-the-court um, situations. Which is always good. Okay, so we're going to add a new uh, segment here. We normally would go into our big topics, but we're going to add a segment called Thought of the Week where we each kind of give a thought of the week. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain this, but uh, just kind of little, little tidbits, what we've been thinking about, what we've seen, and what we've watched. So, Matt, uh, how, how do you feel about starting us off? Yeah, I got this. So, just like I said, a lot of good basketball this week. was able to watch a lot. Uh, trade deadline's coming up, so this thought came to my mind. If you don't have an elite defensive guard or wing, and I, I mean elite, not just like good, in it an elite defensive garter wing invest now and specifically I'm looking at you Milwaukee Philly Portland and Houston because contenders in theory like want to make a deep playoff push I'm not talking to the everyone else's I don't care about you Orlando Um, (laughs) I'm talking to everyone else Milwaukee is good like you have like Giannis and Bledsoe when he wants to be can be but we talked last week about Milwaukee and like this is really your year to go for it and just shoot your shot so Milwaukee that's why I threw you on here Philly Ben Simmons can be when he feels like it but okay Portland um, we know that backcourt we know what they do and Alfred Camino can't guard everybody yeah and then Houston we know the roster or lack thereof there I can't assume CP3, even though he is supposed to return, he's going to be the defensive CP3. We all we all know he can be and has been in the past. So if you're a playoff contender, you're looking to make a deep playoff push, this is your time to get that elite defensive guard to win. Because watching the, the Celtics-Warriors game, Marcus Smart's picking up whomever full court and really just made life hard. Now Curry's going to get his numbers, but Curry only had 24. I mean, Durant went off. Yeah, that's going to happen. But it was a hard-earned 24 for Curry because Marcus March wouldn't let him catch the ball. And outside of the last possession of that game, Steph Curry like couldn't get a lot going in the fourth quarter because you have an elite defender who just denies it. Yeah. So if you don't have an elite defensive guard or wing, this is your time. Invest now and reap the benefits. When it comes to playoffs. When it comes to playoff time. Yeah, that's always been a thing. I feel like that comes up and bites a couple teams in the playoffs. It's like, why didn't you go make a move at the trade deadline? And it's not like you have to, you know, trade the farm. It right. may be just a four, six, eight million dollar player, but if he has that skill Justin set. Justin Holiday. <laughs> 
and you can bring him off the bench, bring him in situationally. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because the trade deadline's early this year. It's February 7th. February 7th. It's coming up quick. We might have to do it like a just straight up like trade machine podcast. I would love like, it. Like next, next week. Uh, we're doing a little bit of that this week, but might do it a little bit more next week. Um, so... Mine is going to be a homer thought of the week because I've been watching a lot of Thunder. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, and Terrence Ferguson has been lighting it up from three. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this. He's shooting uh, 38% this year from three and 47% from uh, in January, which is nuts. But my biggest thought here, takeaway, is what does this mean for Andre Robertson? Like, the Thunder paid him. Kind of like 15, was it 12, 15 million? Yeah, something like that. He's injured still, but like theoretically, that's his role, like that's Mm -hmm. his spot, that's his starting spot. But if Terrence Ferguson is shooting this well, I don't think you can take him out of the starting lineup. No, and that's the thing with Andre, like this is probably more incentive not to rush him back. Yeah, and if he's back in time for the playoffs, great, and if he's not. Then we'll see how training camp goes. Yeah. And that that's kind of the tricky part here is, like, if he keeps shooting like this, like, can you... Like, where does Andre Robertson fit in? Is he just, like, a bench player? Like, what is he a situational player? Like, you're talking about Marcus Smart earlier. He he shoot he shot a big three last night. He had like one like catch and shoot like falling away and like it he was confident in yeah. it though. And I think we were talking off air last week about how Marcus Smart is shooting like thir- about thirty eight percent from three this year on something like four attempts a game. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so that's going off of memory. But like he's a good three point shooter now. Like he's average, yeah. which for Marcus Smart to be an average three point shooter and the defender he is for Terrence Ferguson to be an average three point shooter now, if not maybe slightly above, and not quite as good of a defender as he's, Smart. He's but learning. Pretty- but he's getting there. He's still kind of skinny. He yep. needs to keep putting on some weight. But, I mean, that's all you can ask for because Andre's not getting close to that three-point right. percentage. Right. So it's just kind of an interesting spot. And I would like to give props to Billy Donovan. I know he gets ripped apart a ton. But he just kind of let Terrence Ferguson play through his struggles mm-hmm. early on. He shot 7% <laughs> from God. three earlier this, <laughs> earlier this year. So, like, just kind of letting the second-year kid just kind of grow up, um, especially with with the pressure of playing next to Russell Westbrook and Paul George. So, um, just kind of props to that for letting this kid grow and now shooting the light, uh, lights out and big reason why the Thunder are on a four-game winning yeah. streak. And you got to remember, he didn't go to college. Yeah. He went overseas for that year instead. Went to, to Australia. Australia. And, I mean, played kind of over there. Probably should have gone to college now, but you got paid. Yeah. So, don't blame him there. So, yeah, a lot of development still for Terrence Ferguson. Looking good. I like it. Um, so now we're going to go on to our big topics of the show, which we're going to talk about Memphis first First off, um, because they this week have put the idea that Gasol, Mark Gasol, and Mike Conley are on the trade block. Which I am very much in favor of this, and this is something I've been wanting to happen for the last year or two now. And uh, I think I was listening to Bobby Marks, who now works for ESPN, former Nets uh, front office executive, said, with guys like this, when you know they're getting older, 
and you're a team that just can't get out of the middle. It's better to sell early than sell late. Memphis on Conley is still probably in like a good position for trading, but Gasol, it's it's, it's late. It's late. They now, should have done it last year. Yeah. So Memphis is considering cleaning house since the beginning of December. Um, the team is seven and twenty-two. And that includes a win last night on Saturday against the Pacers in their first game without Oladipo. Yikes. And that broke their eight-game losing streak. It's been really bad, and it's not good basketball. Uh, team ranks 30th in points per game, 30th in pace, 28th in offensive rating. Like, there's just not a lot going on. Um, oh, 30th in offensive... Oh, uh, yeah. I know, right. 30th in pace, 20th in offensive rating. So... And probably like what's really demoralizing is that the team is 27th in attendance. So rest in peace to grit and grind. <laughs> um, yeah, people just aren't coming to watch bad basketball anymore. Surprise. When you have like Penny Hardaway. Yeah, like coaching in, in Memphis at yeah. the University of Memphis. Like why would people change and like go see the Memphis Grizzlies whenever like there's no real incentive to do that? It's bad basketball. <laughs> it's just it bad. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, like, what, it's going to be interesting to see where we can. I touched on it earlier, but we came up with a couple trade packages, and we'll get that here in a second. But ultimately, like, the teams with cap room aren't probably wanting to make a deal right now because they're bad. And they're wanting to yeah. intentionally be bad, and Gasol and Conley won't want to go to those teams because they want to go to like the playoffs. Like Conley has never been an All Star. He like wanted to make an All Star yeah. game, but he probably won't this year. Again, with the it's one of those Conley would kind of bring a top, kind of be in a tie break situation with some other All Star guys in the West, and for a lot of people, like the tiebreaker is like the team record and right now Memphis is 19 and 30 that's 14th in the Western Conference so yeah that like there's just not a lot of positive outlook like we've talked about Jaron Jackson Jr. on this team and how we really enjoy him and we think he's going to be a really solid NBA player for the next decade but outside of that like this team doesn't have young pieces you got bad contracts like Chandler Parsons even Kyle Anshin's maybe slightly overpaid there's just not a lot that you feel like you can build around it's because they haven't hit on their draft picks recently or they haven't had draft picks recently like they have this year potentially conveying to Boston already and if not then it'll convey next year so that's kind of where Memphis is and so at this point for this team our opinion is like they gotta they gotta get rid of these guys so let's get into how (laughs) this could happen yeah 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 because it's bad it's not good and the trouble with coming up with some of these trades was like Conley's number is at 30 million this year, 32 million next year, and then after that there's an early termination option at 34, but I mean, you're looking at a guy who is currently already 31 getting into this. Marc Gasol is 33, about to turn 34, and he's at 24 million this year and a player option for 26 million next year. 
So, knowing that, um, I'll start off, and okay. then we'll go back and forth with potential Mike Conley trades and then potential Mark Gasol trades. We did two Conley trades each, one Gasol trade each, just because Conley at this point is the more valuable asset, and he's someone that could really help a playoff team um, or even a, a middling team who's trying to elevate themselves. So that's where I went with my first one was getting or finding another team that's desperate but not quite as bleak of an outlook as Memphis. Mike Conley and Shelvin Mack go into the New Orleans Pelicans. So Perrin Conley and Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, Julius Randle. That's um, that's nice. Together. And then Mack would help their backup point guard situation because that's in desperate need of an upgrade. In exchange, Memphis would receive an unprotected 2019 first-round pick. New Orleans has been said they'll trade this year, but they don't want to trade future picks. So 2019 unprotected first uh, to go along with Solomon Hill, who's a good rotational small forward, power forward. Nikola Mirotic um, is a power forward, stretch guy. Really enjoy him. He could get bought out or flipped again before the deadline um, if Memphis didn't want to keep him. And then the last bit is a guy who's really come on the last few games is Jaleel Okafor, who <laughs> kind of thought his career was not dead in the water, but man, it didn't look it didn't look hopeful. <laughs> it didn't look good. And we talked about this last week, I think, but it just takes some time for guys to yeah. develop. And Okafor was a project by the 76ers yeah. and it never really worked out because they drafted like five big men. Yeah, I know. When you draft Noel... Uh, Okafor and Joel Embiid all in like the same four year span. <laughs> like, what do you think is going to happen? Um, but in the last four games, Jaleel Okafor has gone for 20 and 10, 17 and 10, 18 and 8, and 24 and 15. And he's been an effective player. Like, I've watched a couple of those and, with Anthony Davis out. Yeah, too. with Anthony Davis out. And that's why he's got the playing time. And he looks good. Like, yeah. he looks thinned down. He's still not a stretch guy necessarily, but he works well in space. His defense doesn't look terrible. Like, he can... I'm not saying he's, a, like, a good defender, <laughs> especially, like, on the defensive end in space when he gets switched. But overall, like, I would be happy, like, building around him. And the... Like, a weird thing is, like, Jaleel Okafor, I'm pretty sure he's only, like, 23. Yeah. So, like, because he hasn't been around very long. He's only been in the league, like, four years. So, that'd be a young guy, either him or Mirtich, you could pair next to Triple J and just kind of see what happens. And you get a first-round pick out of it. That's This is the type of trade where the money works. There's a young prospect in there, maybe a guy you can flip. And you get a first. This is the type of trade routes we're going to have to go down for Mike Conley and Marc Gasol. Yeah, you're probably... Like, if you traded Conley, like, a couple years ago... um, You could have got a lot more for him. And I think... And that's the trouble, is, like, Memphis was convinced that they could win. Um, It didn't ever work out that way, so... um, yeah, I, I I like that, and it gives New Orleans like someone to go in on. Like it, it's like not one like, last push. Yeah, going forward, and if it doesn't work, I mean, but you don't want to rebuild because their owners don't seem to really be in this rebuilding mode. Mike Conley still has a couple years on his deal. Yeah, and him, Drew Holiday, that's a good backcourt. You can, I feel like just those two as your backcourt guys and then you fill in around them, like that's a 30-win team minimum depending on what you do. So that's, 
it's not good, but at least it's still competitive. It's it's fun for what New Orleans seems like they're in the mode to do, which is not tanking. That's something yeah. you can work with. Yeah. So my first Conley trade. Well, I have two thoughts, and I think I'm gonna talk about the one sending him to Utah. Um, so Conley to Utah, um, and uh, Memphis getting back. Uh, 29 first round pick, maybe a second included with that. Um, and then favor, uh, Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio to Memphis. So this is kind of them just like embracing that we're going to lose. Full and tank. Also, this would be within the idea that they get off Gasol too, not keeping Gasol. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives Utah a, actually a shooting point guard next to Donovan Mitchell. Um and then that's that's something for the next couple of years you can move forward with Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and uh, Rudy Gobert. And I feel like pretty confident in that trio of people. Yeah. And then you have Jay Crowder. So your team's not bad defensively. Like even in your starting four or five, like you're not awful defensively. Yeah. Still good. Oh, Conley's an upgraded from Rubio. Yeah. In pretty much every way. Um, and you can play off ball. The downside to this, I think uh, Donovan Mitchell has been best when he's running point. So that would be kind of interesting to see like chemistry-wise on the floor. Can How, Conley play off ball? Yeah. Um, but you, again, you could stagger your stars. Gobert, yeah. and, Gobert and Conley could be on the floor and that would work out fine. Um, and Conley knows all the matchups in the West, so it's not like, oh, I have to play CP3 three times this year. Like, he knows that matchup yeah. pretty well. Um, the other one I'm not going to talk about because I think it's not as fun, but it was an idea to get him to San Antonio. It works out money-wise. I don't think it makes sense logically. Um, I don't know. Uh, should I talk about it? Go ahead. Why Go, not? Okay. Uh, San Antonio doesn't make trades. That's kind of the, the problem with this. Yeah. But this is actually a really good idea. So Conley to San Antonio, two two picks, probably two f- uh, future first rounds. Uh, San Antonio would give up Pau Gasol and pa- uh, expiring Patty Mills to Memphis. And then San Antonio would get Conley. So for the next two years, or three years, you would have a window of... And trio of Gasol, or uh, excuse me, Lamarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley. Those are very, especially Mike Conley, like very Spurs things to go after. Right. You know, part of me is like, would San Antonio really part ways with Patty Mills? For my, but like, just because he's so beloved there. Yeah. But Mike Conley is just such a better basketball player. And he would just fit so well. Now that would mean you have to bump Derek White down to the bench. Yeah. But, I mean, depends on what San Antonio is looking to do. Are they looking to see what they can build with this team? Or are they looking to really make a push? Because I think, especially this year and probably next, Conley makes them take that push. Yeah. But if you're looking for just development of these guys and just building the franchise up from the draft, then you don't do this. It's one of the San Antonio's to make trades. Yeah, but in theory, like Mike Conley is a spur, like type. perfect type of guy. And another yeah. thing here, I think Memphis probably wouldn't trade with San Antonio, <laughs> just because like yeah. they don't they don't necessarily they haven't 
I don't know. I feel like those franchises don't like each other because they played so much in the playoffs. I know. And San Antonio ended so many of the Grizzlies runs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, on to your next Conley trade. All right, so my next one. So I kind of went for another desperate type franchise here. Um, send in Mike Conley East. Well, mm-hmm. I guess to the Eastern Conference. Detroit's not really east of Memphis. Um, Memphis should be that gets, the Eastern That Conference. gets me into a whole other thing, but I'm not going there. So, um, again, I'm packaging Mike Conley and Shelvin Mack going to Detroit for mm. an unprotected 2019 first and second round pick, along with Reggie Jackson, which if you didn't hear our spiel on Reggie Jackson, um, go back and listen to episode 14. So Reggie Jackson... Stanley Johnson, who maybe still has something there. Um, Memphis could really take a look at that. I think he's more of a four, so Jaron Jackson Jr. could play the five. Stanley at the four. Just an idea there. And John Luer, um, just to make salaries work out. Go to Memphis. So again, Reggie Jackson, Stanley Johnson, John Luer. 2019 first, um, 2019 second to Memphis in exchange for Conley and Shelvin Mack. For Detroit, that gives you Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, Mike Conley. And I think this helps out with your uh, guard depth or your guard problem. Shelvin Mack, to me, is honestly just as good as Reggie Jackson is at this point. <laughs> like, to be honest, any Shelvin Mack's on a minimum deal. Reggie Jackson's making like $18 million a year. So this kind of helps out that. Gives you a little bit more um, flexibility going forward. Detroit doesn't have to, like, figure out what they're doing with Stanley Johnson because he's up at the end of the year. And then Reggie Jackson and John Lewis still have next year on their contracts. So you're getting off of them. That's why you had to attach a first and a second round pick, to be honest, because Memphis was taking those on. I like this for both sides just because Memphis gets a young player and Stanley Johnson. They get a couple picks. And this is the full embrace of the tank yep. if you're Memphis. I like that because, honestly, like... I don't know. You look at the roster of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your top three salaries are Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, and Chandler Parsons. And then it's Kyle Anderson, Garrett Temple. Which, like, Garrett Temple's a guy that I feel like will probably get moved if they do go with the full tank. Yeah. He'll guy because he's on an expiring $8 million contract. And then, like, a guy like Justin Holiday, who they traded for earlier, he can be sent out at, like, $4.5 this year. They have a few dudes um, like that who can be sent out if they want to go full tank. Because they're only at 19 wins, even though they, I feel like they won 12 in the first, like, three weeks of the season. (laughs) And then... Nothing since. Um, they're still pretty low enough in the draft where they could get another top five type of pick um, or maybe at least top seven. And then this also gives Detroit the push to the playoffs that they want. Mm-hmm. Which that pick will end up being that they're sending to Memphis in this um, trade scenario will probably be somewhere in that 13 to 16, 17 range. So if you're Memphis, you have your pick. You're getting another late lottery type of pick and then probably a decent second round pick, which if you use those rights, you can t- usually turn it into something. Um, I this is the type of thing that Memphis is really going for if they if they do go tank cuz it's two, three young players this year to come fill out this roster um, a little bit more. Since you traded guys like Wayne Selden, who I thought was a pretty decent player in that Chicago deal for Justin Holiday, and 
yeah, you let Marshawn Brooks go. Dylan Brooks is hurt. Right. Like, I don't know what the, we talked about this before we hopped on the pod. Like this team is just so poorly constructed at this point. You just got to get young guys and take shots at at that type of talent development. I feel like this is the last lingering team that's really felt the effects of all those bad contracts in 2016. And for them, it was really just the Chandler Parsons one. Yeah, but like it's still hidden. When you're a when you're a small market team, you have to like you have to make smart deals. Yeah, and that was not just one or two bad ones. Do you in? Yeah, and and that was one of them. So now we're gonna move on to Marcus Saul trades. Um, so also snake back. So me, and then you'll finish this Sweet. off. So my, I I found a few that worked, but this is the one that I liked the best. Because I want to get Kimba some help in Charlotte. So Mark Gasol and Garrett Temple, who just talked about earlier, go to Charlotte. I feel like this gives them a big man who is a little more of a playmaker. Garrett Temple gives them another wing who can kind of handle the ball and help out that way. In exchange, Charlotte would be sending a 2019 second-round pick to Memphis. Cody Zeller, so a capable big big man um, on a pretty friendly deal next to Triple J along with Michael Kidd Gilchrist who his, his I put him on there knowing that like his contract is just about done um, interesting guy because he's still younger youngish um, and the kind of sweetener on this Malik Monk mm. going to Memphis so that's why I didn't have them attaching a first round pick I don't know if Mark Gasol and is really and Garrett Temple is worthy of a first round pick still, but Cody Zeller's still fairly young. Cade Gilchrist, you can probably get him on a pretty friendly deal, and Malik Monk, who we we talked about last week in our middling Eastern Conference teams, like he's third on Charlotte in scoring. Maybe that says more about Charlotte than Malik Monk. Yeah, but he is. He's a young guy. Um, this also assumes like you're sending out Mike Conley along with it. So then you have a core to build with Malik Monk, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, and other like weirdly maybe work together pieces in Cody Zeller and stuff. Again, this is fully going on the idea of like you're tanking. And Marcus Saul is just not going to get as much trade value as Mike Conley is. Yeah. Uh, one, he's a big man instead of a guard. And then two, he's older and the contract is honestly worse value than Conley's is. Yeah. Um, and the scary thing in, for any team taking on Gasol is that there, it's a player option this next year. So he's at this point, unless he just like plays the lights out, he's probably picking up that option. So you're stuck with him for it two, depends two if years. He, yeah, if he wants to get paid. If he wants to get paid, then yeah, he's picking it up. But if he gets sent somewhere and he's like, I don't like it here, he could decline it. But man, turning down $26 million when you're that old and playing the way he is as of late, like you might get lucky to get a two year, $26 million contract if you decline that. Yeah. In the and that's the thing. You look at other players who would also be coming off the books this next season that would be at his position. It's like we talk about him, Brooke Lopez, and he's shooting the three much better than. Gasol is right now and he's Mm -hmm. just playing better and younger so like and he's on a minimum this year so like why why would someone give Mark Gasol the money that he probably thinks he should get knowing knowing he's got paid overly 
uh, an overly large amount this year for his production. You're right. This is like very interesting questions that maybe that's part of why Memphis is just intent on like wanting to get him out, but may have trouble doing it. Yeah. Because no one knows what Marcus Hall is going to do. Right. But I like that to Charlotte. I think that's kind of them still like pushing one last hurrah to show Kimba like look we're trying yeah we we may have screwed up some of these like you said those <laughs> couple <laughs> we, years ago uh, okay we contracts, didn't but. we didn't take Donovan Mitchell in the draft we're sorry yeah. here's a 34 year old center <laughs> at least he's maybe fun to play with <laughs> but yeah you're right like it maybe doesn't really elevate Charlotte but maybe it's just you, you're shot in the dark at it yeah you're uh, we talk about We've talked about like New Orleans and the situation with Anthony Davis. We did a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Like you have to show your star. Like we're trying because otherwise, like you can offer him max or a super max, and they still might say no. If yeah. they'd be like, "What are you doing for us, really?" Yeah, Kawhi said no. Exactly. So, um, my I can get into mine. Which, uh, I don't know. This is... Trading Gasol is the hardest thing. Because, like, even trying to move him to, like, a playoff team. Like, there's not... Like, playoff teams aren't giving up their big contracts right now. Mm-hmm. Because most of those guys are... Good. good. <laughs> They're producing. Um, and some of them are really good contracts. So, mine is... Um, Sending Mark Gasol and a um, second-round pick, probably, with with protections, maybe a first-round pick, uh, to Minnesota for um, Gorgie Dang, uh, and <laughs> Tolliver, and Tyus Jones, uh, which would kind of get back a point guard, a serviceable part, mm-hmm. point guard for Memphis. I like Tyus Jones. I'm, I like, I like I'm all him too. on his bandwagon. Um, so. You know, getting a point guard to run with Jaron Jackson for mm-hmm. the next couple of years if you are going to be tanking. Uh, and this also includes the idea that you can get off Conley. But it also gives and gives Minnesota a better backup center for to make that playoff push if you are trying to make the playoffs with um, that core of... Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. whatever that is, still. Um, you can maybe try and go big. Yeah. If you if you just say nothing else is working, you don't have the wings to do it. I, yeah. Twin Towers it. Yeah. Can, you imagine, in theory, the idea of Gasol, Cat, and Robert Covington in the front court, and then Andrew Wiggins and Jeff Teague or Derrick Rose or whomever is healthy at the time in the backcourt. Like, in... That's what Minnesota... If you told Minnesota that's what your team would be like two years ago, they'd be like, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. We'll take that tomorrow. Yeah. But now it's like, is what is that really? But it's the idea of like, man, Gasol is just hard to, hard to move. It, it's really hard to move him. I think this... I mean, I don't know. And Minnesota probably wouldn't go for this either because like, again, you're stuck on that money and you've already paid... You're trying to pay Carl Anthony Towns and you're... Did they... they they extended him, right? Yeah, but it doesn't kick. It hasn't kicked in this year. So you've extended him. You've gotten a big contract for Andrew Wiggins, who Yikes. whatever. Um, and you're just trying to figure things out at this point. Like, oh man, it, it, it's tough. And like, I don't know. It, it's it's tough to move Marcus All anywhere. That's fun, and that's of of note because he's probably not wanting to go to a bad 
bad team. Exactly. And it's like he's had some issues. Like he ran their last coach out of town. Like Dave Yeager found a job in Sacramento because he got ran out of Memphis because Marc Gasol did not want to play the way Dave Yeager wanted to play. And Memphis chose to side with Gasol. Like I'm not... He's not Jimmy Butler, but he's not exactly a Mike Conley either. Yeah. Like on the opposite side, who just makes everything peaceful and everything. So you're right. It's tough. Maybe Milwaukee, if Thon Maker is now available, like we mentioned, we didn't have this written down, but uh, like a George Hill who's at like 19 million plus Thon Maker for Gasol type of trade, and he's your backup center. And you have a guy like Lopez and Gasol. Like, there really just aren't trade options, though. Right. For high-end teams. Unless, like, he's going to have to give up, like, an Eric Gordon, though. Yeah. Why would you give up an Eric Gordon for a Mark Gasol knowing that's not the style of ball you're going to be playing in the second and third round of the playoffs? Unless they really think that uh, they need... Like a big, big time counter for Boogie Cousins, the way he's played the last couple games. But even then, he might, like, he might be just like a fifteen point a game, ten point a game, ten rebounds, and which is fine. That's what you have to give up to the Warriors. Yeah, someone's got to like you got to leave someone open if you're going to double Steph or double and KD like all the time. So you're right. Like, I don't know if it's worth. Houston shouldn't do that. No, Houston shouldn't. Daryl Morey don't do it. <laughs> Um, so last thing, um, so we can get off of Memphis. Um, so what should, like, do you think Grizzlies go full tank here? Or are they just trying to retool and, and bounce back for next year? It's always tough with a small market team. We've talked about this. Like, they're not good in attendance, right? What 27th. You 27th. Like, tanking's not going to help that. Like, the, th- the always thing with Philadelphia was, like, even though they were tanking, their attendance was always, like, top 10. Because people were, like, interested in this idea. Like, they made it a spectacle. Right. Um, And so, like, if you embrace the tank for the next four years, you might be the next Seattle team. (laughs) Yeah, you might get out. So, and that's that's a thing. But I don't know if you can retool this roster either. So, you, I think you have to tank and just hope that your tank, you hit on a... Luka Doncic type or that once in a quote unquote yeah. once in a generational player yeah and, and hope you, someone falls to you or just situational fits it works out well you're right that's the thing like, I think this year you tank as bad as you can and then hopefully you can do some things in the offseason knowing there's going to be a lot of teams with, with cap and, and players available this team just hasn't shown they can make moves though yeah. via trade that really benefit the team. That's why I just don't feel good about either. They haven't proved they can draft well outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. recently. They haven't proved that they can make trades well. But I would say just tank this year. You're only at 19 wins. You're pretty close to the bottom. You're 14th in the West. Go fully on it and hope that Jaron Jackson Jr. keeps getting better. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's their future right now. He, because they got no one else. It feels like that's that's under the age of like twenty two yeah. on this team. Like even Javon Carter, their second round pick, was a four year player at West Virginia, and he looks like he's thirty. Yeah. <laughs> he is an absolute Memphis Grizzly player, though. Like, oh, he's up, perfect for him. But. Picking up, but again, it's not necessarily what the NBA is trending towards yeah. now. Um, 
So we're going to move on. Enough Memphis Grizzlies. They're dire situation. I'm sorry, Memphis Grizzlies fans. It's bad. We're going to talk about another team who uh, kind of had some bad news. We touched on it in the news. Uh, Victor Oladipo is out for the rest of the season with a, what was it? Ruptured quad tendon. Quad tendon. Uh, that's the injury that Tony Parker had. Yeah. Um, and he came back, but it's a long road ahead. So he's probably not going to make mm-hmm. training camp or beginning of next season. That's. They've had a few doctors look at him. They said they would love for him to be ready for the start of next season. At least maybe the first month, within the first month of the season, that he would be back um, and go in full strength. To me, like, I'm not going to say that's rushing because I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't know, but they said this is worse than an ACL injury. Mm. So knowing that, knowing that it's worse than an ACL, so it's more on, like, the level of an Achilles tear, and that's that's usually, like, a full year. For a dude who's as explosive as Victor Oladipo and uses that explosiveness to get to the rim. Or- exactly. That's what scares me is that, like, if you rush him back, I'm not saying he'd be it'd be Gordon Hayward level, but, like, it could not look very good at the beginning um so the uh, couple questions um to round out this podcast is how can the Pacers still stay relevant this year because a good problem they have is that they are third in the east at 32 wins and this is not like Memphis at 19 wins they're already at 32 you only need like six more wins to get in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) like you don't have to do very much more you'll win six games on accident in the east at this point like they're seven and five this year without Oladipo and that includes the loss to Memphis the other day you're an older, experienced team. You guys got guys like Dad Young, Boyan Bogdanovich, Corey Joseph, Darren Collison, Tyreek Evans, Kyle Quinn, all guys who are on expiring deals, basically, that are older and like they want to win now. And this team's built around defense, which Oladipo was a great defender, but this team is a good defensive team. They're second in defensive rating. So is is it really just you ride it out and to stay relevant this year? I guess... Because you, you're not missing the playoffs. No, you're not. Um, something that I think we both left off, and that's been rumored quite a bit, is uh, Conley to Indiana before the injury. I was wondering about that, and then he got hurt. And so I was like, well, what what do you want to do if you're Indiana? Do you, I mean, you could still make that move, and that would bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. You would have a guy who could be a leader for the time being. That's kind of another thing with Oladipo is that he wasn't really considered a leader on this team, even though he was like essentially the, the face, guy. the face of the franchise. So it would bring in a veteran guy who could guide you to the playoffs in the East and maybe through a first round win, depending on who you play. That might be their move, but again, then you're like, I don't know. It's 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 such a tough thing to say what to do because then you're giving up pieces that you like, like a Tyreek Evans, but sending him back to Memphis. Oh my god, <laughs> the luck of Tyreek Evans! Like you're this valuable trade asset who's a wing can play defense and shoot the three theoretically. And you can't get away from the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yeah, I know. His whole career is like the the Kings, the Grizzlies, like just nothing working out for him. So we're kind of kind of skipping around here, but they're currently in the three seed, like we said, in the East. So then Boston and Philly are right behind them in the four or five slot. And then we talked about Brooklyn last week. 
kind of look like they're going to secure that sixth spot because they're just playing really well. Kenny Atkinson's figured them out. If Indiana has a three, that would put them against Brooklyn. Mm. Are we sure without Victor Oladipo and not making any other moves that they could get past Brooklyn? That's the thing we talked about last week is that, man, do you want to play Brooklyn in a seven-game series? Not really. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because they're going to – I mean, they might not win, but it's going to be – it's going to be seven, brutal. Tough seven games. Yeah. And at that point, they they would be pretty equal teams. Yeah. And for me, one of the bigger impacts of all this is that Indiana has lost their clutch shot taker mm. in Victor Oladipo, whereas a team like Brooklyn, D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, like, have proven to be those guys, and Dinwiddie will be back by the end of February. So he'll be ready whenever the playoffs do come around that this team, like, they might lose a game or two in a playoff series because they don't have a guy to take the big shot. Because at this point, like, it might be Boyan Bogdanovich. And he's a good shooter, but is he... The guy you want taking the shot. Yeah, exactly. Five seconds left in the game type of a guy. And if you can't say that, well, if you fall down to the four seed as you're Indiana, you're going to get Philly or Boston. If you fall down to the five seed, you're going to get Philly or Boston. And not hosting... The first yeah. two home games there. And without Oladipo, like even with Oladipo, you know, we don't know if they'd win the series anyway. So it's like, man, oh, they're just in such a... They could be the three, and they still might not be the favorite in their series. Yeah. It's kind of an unfortunate deal for them because they were playing really well. Um, sneaky good this year. I don't think either one of us had them in the top four. No. Well, you we thought it'd be Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah. Kawhi and the Raptors. Uh, Kyrie and the Celtics, and then Embiid, Simmons, and Philly. And yeah, Philly. And you pick what order you want those four. Indiana will be five because they're going to be competitive, and then it's going to be everyone else. And it's basically what's happened, except Indiana, from the get go, knew who they were, knew what they wanted to do, and have done it all year. Yeah. It's just this Oladipo injury borderline happened too late in the year. Now, like, it just puts them in a really awkward spot. And so, like, for me, I'm like, what does Nate McMillan, the head coach of the Pacers, do for this team? Because defense is still going to be strong. But, like, offensively, whether it's late in games or just, you know, your game plan going into it. Your two best players now, and just talent-wise, are probably Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner. But, like, they're both bigs. Yeah. And that's very concerning because Thad Young's played well, but you can't play all three of those guys together. It's like the yeah. New Orleans Pelicans situation right. with Miritich, Randall, and Anthony <laughs> Davis. You can't play all three of them together. And at this point, those might be the three best players for Indiana. And what do you do? Because you already paid Miles Turner. You you kind of committed to him. You have Sabonis, who's seems to hit a hundred percent of his shots. shots. Like doesn't miss. He may be the sixth man of the year this year. Yeah. Dad Young's like playing out of his mind. Boyan Bogdanovich can't play the two. He's a three. Yeah. Like he's pretty much a only three because he's older now. He's really just a shooter. He's a good defender, but he's a good team defender more than anything. Like all these guys, we just said like it's four guys. Only two or three of them can be on the court at the same time and really be effective. And so Nate McGillan, like, what do you do? And then like the other part two of that is like, do you make a move? That's maybe not quite Mike Conley level. Yeah. Uh, you could try to hit a home run and get off Sabonis or Turner. Yeah, just super cash in that asset. But they don't make very much money yeah, right now. That's another thing. And again, it kind of goes back to 
like <laughs> this like Gasol thing these guys aren't necessarily hard to move because they're younger but it's hard to get the money there yeah, because like you want to get good value in return because right. like you're giving up a good young asset. But Miles Turner's extension, which was like a four for eighty deal, doesn't kick in till next year. So he's still only making like five million this year, which that's not tradable for like valuable returning. So you'd have to attach one of those older guys like Dad Young or Boyan Bogdanovich or or Tyreek Evans expiring. Yeah, yeah. Darren Collison type guys uh, who are in that ten to fifteen million range plus the bonus to get something back that makes the money work. And that even then, that's still tough because that's only like a Trevor Ariza type. Yep. And you don't want to give up Sabonis for just a Trevor Ariza type of guy. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, you would think they would, if they were to make a deal, they would try to hit a home run and do something like... Or just stick it out. Or just write it out. I think, uh, I think you just write this one out. I think you do, too. Like, uh, I would be pretty confident in Oladipo coming back, knowing his work work ethic and knowing that he's probably not going to be the same for a little bit, but that's okay because you're in the East. And that talent really, when the Warriors gathered, like, with the Warriors being in the West, there was a huge talent rush to get Mm -hmm. good players out West from Western Conference teams because they wanted to compete. They want to compete. So that's left this void in the East where I think the Pacers could ride this out. And even if he missed the first month and a half of the next season, they could still be at like the five or six in the same spot they are now looking to host a home court playoff series. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. Philadelphia could fall off. We've talked about Milwaukee last week where this could be their one year. If they can't bring back the Middleton and the Brooke Lopez types on this team, Malcolm Brogdon's going to be up. Yeah. Yeah. You could just say, Pat, and then hope you can bring back. Because I'm looking at their salary projections for next year. Miles Turner's deal was a four-year $72 million, not a four eighty. Mm. But so he's going to be at $18 million next year. Oladipo's at twenty one. Doug McDermott's at seven. And then it's just like a bunch of young guys at one, two, three million dollars, which so is like, really good. Yeah, that's what you want if you're Indiana. So you're at sixty million dollars committed for next year. So you still got forty, fifty million dollars to play around with. Whether that means bringing back Thad Young, bringing back Boyan Bogdanovich, letting some of these guys go, and maybe trying to see if you can find a guy who, you know, slipped through the cracks of major free agency and you can bring him in on a value contract the same way Clint Capella kind of had that problem this past year is he just kind of slipped through and you were able to find a good value for him. That type of a deal, not necessarily a, another center because right. he doesn't need another center, but that type of a contract, I think saying Pat is probably the best. And then at worst, you can probably bring all these guys back for another one or two years. Just say on, run on basically back. the same deals. Yeah. Run it back. Let's try this again. Minus the Oladipo injury, we could win two playoff series and easily be in the yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. And then at that point, it's clutch shots. And yeah. you have Oladipo. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Indiana's in, uh, in a fascinating situation where I feel like a lot of teams would kind of panic. But I feel like they're probably comfortable enough with what they have. To you already, that. I mean, you gave up. Paul George basically for Oladipo you can't you can't panic at this point like you that was a smart trade at the time like yeah Oladipo developed into more than we thought he would but it was a smart trade they've been fairly smart with their signings 
their draft picks have been later. They've done decent with those. Trust your management. Yeah, at this point, just trust trust your gut. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, let's move on to game of the week as we picked some really good games last week and we're pretty close with our predictions. Yeah, we were. Um, Matt, why don't you start us off? So mine is going to be a Friday night game: Rockets at Nuggets. So that'll be Friday, February first. Ooh, coming um, up to February. Yeah, nine p.m. Central Time on ESPN. It's a it's a home game in Denver. Denver is really good at home. So I'm picking the Nuggets 127 to the Rockets 122. I like it. I would have to say last week though, the lineup for Friday night games on ESPN was garbage. It went from the uh, Rockets Raptors game to X Games. I know. I was so mad. (laughs) I'm not about that. I'm sorry. I was really angry. I was looking to watch more basketball, and it just ended up being X Games, which is trash. I'm sorry. Um, My game of the week, however, is Thunder at Celtics. Let's go. Sunday, February 3rd. That's uh, the day of the Super Bowl, so this could be an interesting Boston. Big Boston sports day. (laughs) What day is not a big Boston sports day? Yeah, I know, right? It's at 1 p.m. Central on ABC. I predict the Thunder will win 122, the Celtics 118. Garbage. I mean, uh, come on. I might have a heart attack by the end of that game and not get a (laughs) chance to watch my team in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, uh... So, we might have to watch that game and then record the podcast afterwards. I know. <laughs> get live reactions. Because I'm going to be raging. Because I feel like the are <laughs> not going to show up and Russell Westbrook's going to be hucking 23s. And it's a game in Boston. Yeah. I, man, that game we went to earlier this year was, even though it didn't end up, it was a lot of fun. The Celtics at Thunder game. Yeah. Whenever... Marcus Morris just destroyed Jeez. the Thunder. Al Horford and Marcus Morris just draining. I know. All three sorts after of three. <laughs> one after another. I'm looking forward to this rematch. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. That's all we have for you this week on the Couch Team Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We went 57 minutes. We're under an hour. Yeah. How about that? It felt like we we're about to go over an hour, but we didn't. We might because I'm rambling on now. This outro. Just keep going. <laughs> Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod, or you can find us on Facebook, which I didn't mention that at the top of the show. You can find us on Facebook. Um, if you search for Couch GM Podcast, you will find us with our artwork that looks like um, our artwork from podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back next week. We'll be recording on what sounds like Super Bowl Sunday, so it's going to be a big day. A lot of fun. All the sports. All the sports. It's about to be just basketball season. I'm so excited. Yeah. Get out of here, football. See you next week.